Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Daryl. You know what the toughest part about sales is? Now, of course, you're all going to say X or Y or you know, prospecting or getting lists or having time or what have you. I mean, and it's kind of an open-ended question, but there's really no right answer, is there? I will tell you, for those of you who don't know, and many of you do know, I have been a sales rep. The regulars of the show know that my first sales job was selling photocopiers door to door. I have sold hardware, like a photocopier. I have sold software. I have sold services. I had my own agency for almost a decade where I only ate what I sold. And then I had the joy of having to implement it or manage the staff to implement it. For me, the heart of selling was hitting my quota. And I, I guess you, you can reflect, right? You can say, okay, well, Prail, you know, hitting quota is not hard. That's just a numbers game. You just got to go through the activities. You just do it, bam, bam, bam. And you do it right. You get the right data. You get the right script. You know your value prop. You know your ICP. You know your persona. You get some good content. Bam, you're done. You're in. What's the problem, Prail? Suck, you suck. And that's a fair point. I probably do suck. It wasn't the mechanics of selling that I had a problem with as it relates to quota. For me, it was a multitude of other factors. Number one for me was the psychology, the mindset of hitting quota, right? I'm working all week. I'm working all month. I'm working all quarter to hit that milestone number, whatever it's broken out to, however you do yours, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it might be. And you're building and you're building and you're building and you're building and then you're sweating and you're stressing. And then as it gets closer and closer and you realize that you might not make it and then you're going to need to be accountable and you're going to defend all the decisions you did. And then inside you, you know that, well, you could have done a lot more activity because you got distracted in the new video series of whatever just came out, you know, Tiger King. Everybody's watching that and you got to be hanging out and be social and be part of it. So of course you had a binge on that. Maybe a binge when you shouldn't have binge, but you did that. And then of course there was social media. Oh my gosh, I got to be on social media and that's pulling me away and I'm doing all this stuff. And then there was the list and the list sucked and marketing didn't give me enough lists. And now, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm two thirds through my quarter. You know, my average sales cycle, it's three months. So how can I get enough activity now to actually hit that number? I'm going to miss my number. I'm going to miss my number. Quota was a bitch. I hated quota. I hated it because of all the reasons I just said. I hated the psychology. I hated the activity. I hated the technology. I hated how insecure I felt at times when I was talking to somebody who was far wiser and more capable than I was on the phone. I hated it. Now, the irony, like any good drug, right, is that when you're on your game, when you get that adrenaline rush, when you have a fantastic call, you forget all of that that just took place. And you say, I'll keep me on this puppy, keep me on this, this is a rush. I'm having fun. And then slowly as you calm down, it sounds like I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to drugs. It's just what I've read. You start having the withdrawals and all of a sudden you're freaking out and you're just paranoid again. That was what I disliked 
about selling. I love the game. I hated all the processes to succeed at the game. And then for me, the worst part was if I hit quota, it was like, you know, high five. Yeah, you know, like you've just won the Super Bowl. You're fist bumping, you're chest pumping, you're praising Jesus. You're thanking your family, cashing that commission check. You've already got it spent. And then the very next day, boom, down to zero. And so the game goes. We live in a thankless world and a challenging profession, kids. And this whole quota thing is a pain in the ass, is it not? You know what I just gave you? I gave you something I hear from people all the time. It's not just me. And I'm sure many of you can reflect upon that and say the elements of what I just said really resonated with you and others are going to be completely oblivious. But what we do know is this. We do waste time. We do second guess our approach. Our mindset is often not what it should be. Often we spend more time freaking working our systems than letting the systems help us work. So the question I ask myself, the question I struggle with is how can I help you? How can I help you hit quota? I bring these amazing guests in. They talk about how to do discovery, how to do cold calling, how to do objection handling, how to do prospecting. But in the end of the day, you do this gig because you got a quota to hit. So what can we do? Well, guess who I got? That's right. If you're wondering, let me tell you, man, I have the man himself. I have Justin Michael. Now, if you don't know Justin Michael, I got to tell you right now, and I'm saying this with all sincerity, and I'm saying this because I mean it. Justin Michael is just a machine with his LinkedIn or Twitter. This cat comes out with more comments and more posts that are both funny and provocative, and they push my buttons and they make me think this cat gets hitting quota. So I said, Justin, dude, can you come on the show? Can you help me understand? Can you help the crew understand the tribe? What do we need to do to hit quota? What's causing us grief? How do we overcome that? And what can we do better? Justin, sir, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm well. Uh, coming in hot here from sunny Southern California, a little north of LA on the coast, from a little town that's really only known for Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis moving in. So <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing to be known for, right? You're known for celebrities. So it's ironic. I'm talking to a celebrity who's living in a little town known for celebrities. That's kind of cool. For those who don't know, because often we have on the show a lot of sales trainers and professionals, but Justin, Justin's a man of, you know, he's in it. You're the regional vice president of sales at UAPI, also an acknowledged SaaS hypergrowth expert. So if you check them out on LinkedIn, check out what UAPI does and bring it to the attention of your sales leadership and your marketing leadership, because it's a complete marketing and retargeting platform so that you can actually go and just get, you know, more visibility, more marketing, more leads, all that wonderful stuff. I won't go into it. I'd probably do it a Ooh. disservice, but he's the dude. You're so kind. So. Yes, I have been in the trenches for 20 years, about 13 years in SaaS. I got lucky enough to work at Salesforce and LinkedIn and for Sean Parker and then a dozen startups and got to work and consult with about 100 more, all in cracking the top funnel. I got really involved in understanding where Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week is. And what he based that on was the writings of Richard Koch. With, he wrote the original 80-20 principle. I think the biggest advice I could give today to the listeners as someone who started in inside sales nearly 20 years ago, before the term SDR came out, or Aaron Ross wrote the book, is the concept of asymmetric warfare. 
is the concept that no matter what you're scheduled to do, 20% of your activity today will be valuable and 80% of it will be waste if you really look at the curve. Most of our society is looking at things in symmetrical portions, you know, like it's pleasant to see a symmetrical face or apple, but actually with the physics and effort, a lot of what we're doing is juxtaposed. So what I'm always trying to figure out are the systems and processes that generated the most impact. And I can break into the tactical on that right? There's something like 317 KPIs in Salesforce that Jason Jordan talks about in cracking the sales management code, but only under 20 of these are actually dynamic. The rest are static. So like revenue, revenue, MRR, MRR, that's a static lagging indicator metric, right? We need to get into the smart activity on a daily basis and work in asymmetric ways with things like time blocking and things like, you know, how exactly the activity that you're doing, and that's what'll make you a lot more effective. Pipeline cures all ills, and that's how you will eventually roll back into hitting your number. I could talk about that for 200 hours. <laughs> All that's going through my mind as I'm listening to you is one part pride, I'll explain that in a second, and one part awe. And the awe, I'll start with the awe. The awe is that you just drop so many names, and every single one of those names, folks, genuinely, go read the stuff. You got to learn to earn. So this is huge. You know, if you were sitting back there going, well, how is MRR a static? metric, right? Why isn't it dynamic? The fact that if you don't understand static versus dynamic in that context, it's not a negative, by the way, this is to be clear this, this is not a negative. This is a provocative. He's provoking you because he's right. That's a backward looking stat. I mean, you do want to know what the numbers are. It's not diminishing the stat, but it's not a dynamic in real time. What the hell's going on stat map what's going on. So, and then the other part pride was just that you're on the show and you're sharing this with the tribe. And I love that. So that's cool. So that's, that's my gig. So I'm curious because you have done this multiple times. Like you said, you, you've been doing this for a long time. When I went through my little rant about the whole challenges of hitting quota, did any of that resonate with you personally as what I was speaking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in the beginning when I got involved in software as a service companies, I was pretty enamored with all these authors that I quote, like Jill Conrath and Snap Selling, and I was figuring out ways to optimize my cold call scripts or send targeted email. And there was also a delta of the technology catching up. We had data.com, we had Yesware, app. This was early primitive stuff, pre-outreach, pre-sales law. And a lot of times it was studying the people actually hitting their quota and looking at patterns in the channels they were using. So even watching how my general manager made calls or followed up within Salesforce or some of the different channels that were used. And then much like I have become rather than a derivation, but more of an amalgam, right? Becoming a series of best practices from different authors, different mentors, and then taking on my own personal mentor. But yeah, it really resonated that there's a ton of pressure there. There's a ton of stress behind that. I know in the crisis, there's a lot of compassionate management going on to rethink some of the hard KPIs because there's such a moving target. Like Jeremy Donovan looked at 6 million emails at SalesLoft, and there's a 36% decline in reply rate, although calling has held strong. So one of the biggest things I decided early on is I'm going to use every channel every single channel. You know, I even worked in the Empire State Building selling Sales Navigator itself from LinkedIn. And I still used phone because I just didn't want there to be any edge or any stone unturned. And that's where I ran into a lot of research from Topo and you know Jeb Blunt with a triple touch, just anecdotally managing SDRs then, because I was always a player coach, is that the folks that were using multiple channels in rapid succession were having a lot better success than simply 
a single channel. Such a huge pivotal part of being able to generate the numbers is exploring and A-B testing and leveraging the channels together that I would just list it. It's not a magic bullet, but it's directional for where you could go to be 5% better after this phone call. I love that you're an amalgam of best practices. I love that you're an amalgam of best practices. And that's what we want everybody to be. It's what everybody should be. You don't, you don't necessarily copy people, but take the best bits and pieces. Justin was just talking about Jeb Blunt as an example. And he was also talking about the phone. So let me bring two pieces together, right? If you talk to Jeb Blunt about multi-channel engagement and your playbooks, your cadences, your sequences, he'll tell you the first touch, according to Jeb, should be the phone call. That's your first touch, not an email or social touch or anything else. Because if you can get them on the phone right away, you know, they've just come, they've touched you, maybe they've downloaded a form. Why would you waste any other cycles? What are you striving for? You're striving for a live conversation so you can qualify them. So that's a simple little best practice. One of the things you may not know as listeners of the Inside, Inside Sales Show, is that every single show has a transcription. So if you go to VanillaSoft.com under resources podcast, if there was a show like today, like Justin's show, you can go there and see a text version of everything he's done, everything he said today. So you can read that, highlight it, and can pull out those nuggets that you can apply to you. I want you to use that, folks. Now, it's all about hitting quota today. We've got a number of topics we want to hit on, but we got to do a commercial break and then we'll be right back. And then because there's so many, I'm going to have Justin just go rapid fire. So if you're listening to this, get your pen and paper out, take notes because this is how it's going to go today. Fire hose time, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so when we were talking, Justin, but before we went live on the show, we talked about this topic and you just went like, bam, 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 all these things you want to talk about that you could talk about. And you also cautioned me that you could talk well beyond the time limit of the show, which is why we're going to try to get as much in as possible. So I took notes. So why don't I go through some of my notes and I'll use it to spur you to be you and to share the knowledge. And if we go off in tangents, well, let me go off in tangents. So that's what we're going to do. Work for you. Love it. Before I even start, because the first topic is about a Frankenstack, his word, of systems. But what I didn't talk about is that summer 2020, Justin's got a book coming out called TQ. Q as in quotient, T as in technology. All right. So if you ping him, he's going to get you a free copy. Okay. So follow him on LinkedIn, follow him on Twitter, ping him. And he kind of views this as kind of the next step after what Aaron Ross was talking about with predictable revenue. How's that for a little teaser? He's aspiring for greatness with that analogy, and I don't doubt he's going to get there. Okay, here we go. Speaking of TQ, 
Frankenstack of systems? How is a Frankenstack of systems preventing me from hitting quota? Awesome question. And thank you, Daryl. People like you and Aaron Ross have been huge uh, influences. And I know Aaron has evolved his thinking and has really brought predictable revenue forward. My book strives to be the Jarvis Ironman suit. Wherever you are right now, field or inside, we're all inside. We're all remote for a minute, right? And we all have a tech stack. Think about it. Slack, Gmail, email. Maybe you're using VanillaSoft, a great sales engagement platform, a dialer. There's some kind of tech. And in high growth companies, 15% of them, over $1,000 a month per rep is spent on your stack. So you're sitting at home going, ah, avoidance of technology, procrastination. Maybe I'll build a model ship or read the great American novel, Canadian novel or European novel, whatever you call it. And the problem is that some competitor somewhere is mastering that stack and they're up-leveling. And the problem with the stack is like LinkedIn as a closed API, maybe Microsoft will change this, but you can't really automate the full sales stack until all the APIs, the application programming interfaces, the glue to send signals back and forth allows it. And so the big problem is you've got another login and another login, another piece of, and you're just, all these windows are open and it's so hard to manage all of it, right? So it kind of looks like a Frankenstein stack of tools, with so many vendors. And I find I live in just a few. It's important to pick a few. I'm sure Daryl will tell this, just like social media, pick a few mediums, master those versus being on all 65 of them. I can keep going, but I want to hit the next topic. <laughs> all right. So your advice on this topic is don't try to be the master of a bazillion pieces of tech. Just utilize a yeah. few key ones until you finally get you know your rhythm, you understand the tool, and then maybe you can branch out. But in the meantime, that if you're trying to do it all, it's sucking available cycles that you need to go prospect and hit quota. Is that the takeaway? Yes, and I would say the phone, of course, influences Sales Navigator, which is a requisite. Yes. You need some kind of a sales engagement platform so that you can automate the sending of emails so you can be superhuman. You can be three to five X your output. You can still personalize. And then third, you do need some kind of BI system for triggers, for direct emails, for phone numbers. And on top of that, it's really smart to have front side chat, like some kind of drift or some kind of chat bot. On top of that, maybe conversational intelligence. So if you're coaching yourself, you can listen to your calls. So I've built out a lot of these different stacks from beginning to advanced in the book. The beauty is right now we're in a potential recession environment where there's tool cutting and consolidation. So like work with your leadership to figure out the 80-20. These are the tooling and systems that are the most important. We're going to double down in this area. And you know maybe this will be an inspiration for the kind of tech that you buy because you'll be able to champion it and pilot it within the organization. So there's really two things we said in that one that jumped out at me was, of course, we talked about the point about don't master too many, but also that tech can, when used well, increase your efficiency. But again, the caveat is used well. I can talk on that as well. I got lots of opinions. Okay, next, you talked about, you know, you can have all this activity, but you're not actually selling. Can you talk to me a bit about what you meant there? Yeah, so my mentor, Tony J. Hughes, wrote Combo Prospecting and the Joshua Principle. I was a featured case study in Combo Prospecting as sort of the cyborg rep. But I guess, depending on the generation, I just became a master of the automation. Busy fool syndrome is what he calls it. That's yes. why I went there. Right. This is the opposite of the 80-20 rule. This is just, okay, let's raise the calling to 100. Let's just make the personal message all COVID-19 is the first line. It's just the more is more mentality. right? And I think actually, if you apply the Pareto principles and the power laws, you should be able to take the 50 hours a week you're doing right now. I don't want to scare your manager and do that same amount in 35 hours and get 5x more of the output to your pipeline if you are able to apply those principles. First, to see that these systems have waste, to look for that waste, and then to look at streaks, one sales analysis, look at the people that are setting, create a Slack channel of the good scripts, 
even the people you're targeting and try to find targets that are similar to um, your best, most successful customers. So there's a lot of ways to really apply this across the board. I haven't seen a lot of people transposing 80-20 over the sales funnel, but that's primarily how I do it. I just think like a management consultant, like Boston Consulting Group or Bain or you know, where's the fat in this system and how can I trim it and how can I be working on the harder things earlier? A great analogy I can put it is imagine your day as a jar with sand and rocks. You want to find those rocks first. You want to get up and before lunch do two or three things that scare you. Maybe it's call a board member. Maybe it's like write that sequence and you're not that good at the sequence or you're avoiding it. Work with enablement or ops. Actually get crack into that software that's available for you. You know, maybe it's just like asking for a deal, asking for a commit, talking commercials early, doing a discovery call or running a demo yourself as an SDR. These are some examples of really hard things. Do those first. You'll be amazed if you do two or three things that scare you and are hard every single day. Within a couple of weeks, you'll jump forward a month. And all we're doing is applying the power law again. Okay. And the next topic I want to hit on, you made a reference and I love this reference because I so get it, that our life as sales professionals is often consumed not selling but instead doing admin, you know, whether I am researching somebody, I'm writing up what just happened, I'm making a task to follow up manually, whatever it might be, you know, it's admin, 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 and recognizing the time suck admin is having on you and how that's yeah. taking you away from prospecting is actually a large part of why you're not hitting your quota. So I guess over to you to talk about that. I hope I didn't steal too much of your thunder. And then how do we fix that? Yeah, so time blocking, spending an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon, or when you can, just to do dedicated triples like call, voicemail, email, just to do manual, high personalization, but faster calling is the key way to do that. What ideas do you have, Daryl? I'd love to hear a couple more. I have a couple. So time blocking is huge. In fact, it's so huge that we actually did a previous podcast on this, and I'll put it in the show notes because I don't remember who it was with. Again, I apologize, but then way too many shows, folks, where that is a secret weapon for SDRs and AEs. And the thing about time blocking is you have to protect it like there's no tomorrow. That time is sacred and no one can take you away from that, including your boss. The other thing I look at is going back to exactly what Justin said about the Frankenstack of systems. So he's talked about sales engagement. So let's talk a bit about that. And I know he wants to talk about omni-channel as well as a tool. So maybe we can kill multiple birds with one stone here. The thing about sales engagement says that I'm going to go and I'm going to have a playbook, a sequence, a cadence, where I'm going to go and do like, you know, seven touches in seven days or 12 touches in 18 days or whatever it might be. You figure it out. I don't have to think about it. I know on day one, this is what I do. I know on day two, this is what I do. And therefore, I can sequence the activity real fast and it just happens in the sales engagement systems, give it to me. Now, where it breaks down is whether you're using a sales engagement platform, many of my competitors, not me, I'm full disclosure, it's my one and only pitch in the show, Vanilla Soft, or a Salesforce or a CRM, is they're all list base. And the problem with a list is that you have to go and look at the list. And then you, how many times have you sat and stared at that list? And then you cherry pick that fifth one down on that list. That's IBM. I'm going to call them. And then you don't physically call those first four that you skipped over. And then, you know, you make an appointment. Oh, I called IBM. I left a voicemail. So I make a task to do it. And then the later comes by and your task pops up and you're supposed to call IBM again. You stare at it and you go, ah, they didn't answer the phone last time. I'm not going to call them this time. Uh, who else can I call? All of that idle time, that list is killing you. Find tools that eliminate the list, do the time blocking. That's gold. 
That's my opinion yeah. anyway. I wanted to just put one more point to double click if that's okay. Is I am working with a really talented AE right now on my team who had been a top SDR who's very competent in programming sales engagement. There's a ton of processes and systems that are defined all around our work, but every day we just think about how many Zoom meetings can we set up? You know, how many prospects can we touch in a personalized way without sacrificing quality? Like what is the one thing we're really trying to drive here? tests that lead to scale, that lead to revenue. So we think about quality problem. Like the 10X rule came out, the 10X moonshot. The problem is if you moonshot the waste, you just get more waste. So you got to make sure it's the 20% of the system that you're 10Xing on. And so one of those things is just be so laser focused on you know how many discovery calls am I booking a week? It's just like when you're working for a, looking for a job and how many actual interviews or on-site interviews in the past you would get. So you need to come up with like that North Star metric that's gauging your level of activity. Break the system, get so many of those that then you can't even handle the admin load or the process. Notes. Instead of sitting there 70% of the time and doing all the admin, focus on the action of selling during the golden hours and then do the admin when you have the problem. I'm not saying you shouldn't fill it out. Fill out the minimum to keep the powers that be happy and make sure that the one thing is the one thing, which is driving net new business. One of the things I used to do is just write on a piece of paper, 30 strangers a day. Who are 30 people I've never talked to in my life that I contacted today by some means. Usually that's going to be call and a lot of digital signals too. I love it. Okay. What you're seeing here, we're doing here, folks, is we're taking out all the excess of your schedule and we're really laser focused. So you're optimally working and the more activity you can do and the less of everything else you can do, the more likely you are. It's pure numbers game to hit your quota, right? Because that's what it's all about. You talk about batch processing. What do you mean by that, Justin? So batch processing is definitely a term that I learned from Tim Ferriss, but like the real-time environment of like always answering every social media, every alert, like I have almost 30,000 people in a network, like 35,000 people. All of my social networks have all the alerts turned off. Everything on my phone is turned off. Everything I do, I go in and find it and pull because if I don't batch process, my life would blow up. So I'm able to work at extreme high volumes of scale because nothing is bothering me because everything is shut off. So batch process is to have a time of day in the morning where you answer an email. You know, you have to monotask because your brain has certain limitations. One is a Dunbar theory. At your neocortex, you can process 150 nodes. But you can, as a human without a computer, really maintain 150 people. Well, all of us have thousands in our social network, so it goes beyond our mind. That's why Reed Hoffman at LinkedIn created the first and second degree networks. You know, So all this stuff is really a fascinating way to manage your time. Right, And so having different times of the day that you do certain activities and having certain things that you go and pull to toward instead of being like a slave to the alerts, I think it's really important. And I will vouch for everything Justin just said. I am a slave to Slack, to WhatsApp, to LinkedIn, to Twitter, to email. And I just feel like it's owning me and not me owning it. So what I've started to do is I put all my social media for the most part to the end of the day, exactly what Justin's talking about. But then I feel guilty because it's like, well, it's the end of the day, which means on the European side, they're in bed. So no one's responding to that. And the West Coast side, you know, they're just banging doors and prospecting. So no one's looking at me. And is that really the best time? And I just psychoanalyze myself. Don't do that. Batch process. Last, you got 30 seconds in this one because we haven't talked about. We talked about so many systems and optimization. What we haven't talked about is making the most of those conversations you are having. And so many of us do not feel like we're equipped to have these conversations. If I could have better conversations, I bet you I'd close more. So how do I have better conversations? 
Yeah, at Salesforce, we called it speaking CMO. At the end of the day, if you become a subject matter expert in the thing you're selling, you do have equal business stature, to quote Sandler, to talk with someone at a C-level, like Daryl. Maybe there's a specific thing you know about sales tools or marketing that's really interesting. Well, on that subject, it's really relevant to him and to you. So um, my mentors, when I was younger and inside sales, used to say, you know, learn about business, learn about startups, read the Wall Street Journal. The more business acumen you have on the line, that's going to add 10 years. I'm an egalitarian. I believe that we all can achieve, every generation, especially baby boomers can learn all the tech. Everyone has the access. My grandpa was 80 and he was using the internet perfectly. So the point being is a C-level conversation is about bravery and courage, but then having something to talk about. And so I think sitting with your client success team, your product folks, even learning to do a technical demo or like some snapshots, if your AE, you support or your manager will let you do that, will give you that confidence to reach out. And then just know that you have a value based on your specialty, based on your knowledge of solving things and, you know, go top down, middle out, bottom up. Don't limit yourself to just people you're comfortable with talking with. You'll see, you'll get delegated and have much better results. All this does funnel into hitting quota. The higher up you go, bigger the deal size, faster the mobilization of capital. All right. So what did we do today? We talked about hitting quota, right? And we talked about all the fat that's in your system that you can get rid of because it's just pulling you away from the core of what you need to do. And then we talked about when you have those conversations, just how to really connect to make the most out of them. That combination of optimization and better engagement. And we touched briefly on multi-channel. We didn't even talk about things like additional channels like WhatsApp or any other kind of cool tech, but it's all out there. It's all about making sure you are just kicking ass as optimally as you can. This is an intentional thing. If you agree with that, then hopefully what you saw on this podcast was us literally doing that. I'm talking super fast today because there's so much to get through. That's how you get the most out of a show. That's how you hit quota. That, my friends, is the man himself, Justin Michael. We are out of time. You need to follow him. He's prolific on LinkedIn, on Twitter. My name is Daryl Prale, and I think I've hit my quota for talking. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another example of Inside Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of Vanilla Sauce. Tune in each and every week for actionable ideas to increase inside sales productivity and activity. This program is brought to you by Vanilla Soft, right here in the Funnel Radio channel. Rat work listeners like you. See you next week.